real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. The first thing I want to talk about is, as you heard on the news mentioned, that retired TDs are set to share, I suppose, at this time of an election. This is a very <laughs> controversial topic at the moment. An estimated 22 million in pension bonanzas as political parties scramble to deal with the fallout from the controversy surrounding the increase in the pension age for voters. Now, they're talking about, of course, taking away your pension uh, for another couple of years. And also, there's a whole argument in relation to people and the, the break in service, for example, in PRSI payments, particularly for women um, and why people are not getting state pensions when, of course, the politicians are quite happy to lie in their own pockets. Now, an analysis of 17 retiring TDs, including Enda Kenny, Michael Noonan, Jerry Adams, shows that they will be entitled to a massive golden handshake and substantial pension after stepping down ahead of the election. Now, I'm going to talk about the figures in a second, Carl Dieter, but... The argument, I'm not going to say there's an argument for it because everybody, everybody's going to begrudge them this money. But the argument is, that is the job. They're the perks. That's what goes with it. If you've got a good job, which being a TD is a good job, you're an elected representative, you use responsibility, whether you do it badly or you, know, or you do it well, you have that responsibility. And what goes with that job is a good pension. So let me go to Carl Dieter, who joins me in the studio. Carl, that is the argument against... You know, I suppose the somewhat begrudgery that we all go on with, during, particularly during election time when we talk about pensions. Yeah, I think that uh, some of the begrudgery is justified, though, because it's not as if we get to make the rules of that. This is politicians making the rules for their own pensions. If you ever want to truly understand pensions, either be a politician or a senior civil servant, because they seem to have the ability to make the whole system skew towards their betterment at the expense of everybody else. So let's talk about how that could come about or what's a good example. But, but isn't everybody, is, is everybody not self-serving in some sense? I mean, if you were the CEO of a, or high up in a company, surely that you would want to implement rules that would benefit not only the staff, but benefit you as well. That's fine, but I wouldn't call it public service. So let's look at the idea of public service and the, uh, and, and the concept that you are doing it for the betterment of the nation. Uh, well, in that case, then, you should have some kind of egalitarian view. So let's take three public servants. You've got a teacher, uh, a TD, and a minister. The teacher is accruing pension benefits at 1 80th for every year of service. And if they serve 40 years, they get a pension of 40 80ths. Let's not get too confused about it. A teacher basically has to work 40 years to get the full pension. Then you've got TDs. But they accrue at twice the rates. They're twice as good as a teacher, twice as good as the foot soldier on the coal face. What is the guard at 30 years? They're accruing benefits at at, uh, 140th. In other words, they only have to work 20 years and they get a full one. You get to minister stage and you've hit the jackpot. You're doing it in in, in double what a TD is doing. So you work 10 years. You end up with a full pension. Okay, let's look at some of the figures, by the way. And by the way, if anyone wants to call in, obviously in relation to pensions in general, but if you want to call in about the minister's pensions, I know some people would disagree with the fact that even we think this is a bad thing, that just like anybody else, and it's a good job and a well-paying job that they're entitled to a pension. Uh, Maybe you feel that way, or maybe you feel this is absolutely disgusting. Now, let's look at some of the figures. You can text us, by the way, or WhatsApp us at 087-188-0008. That's 087-188-0008. I want I was going to ask the question, do they deserve these pensions? But nobody's going to actually say yes. I think they deserve our pension. Maybe they should be looked at, though, to bring them more in line with what would be fair. Well, that would else. be a huge drop if I look at these figures. Okay, let, 
explain this figure to me. So Andy Kenny, obviously only T show up until recently, right? Three his pension is worth three point two million. Well, over a little over three point two million. Okay. How do we come to that figure? All right. Well, what we do, uh, or what I did, I should say, in, in calculating these is I added up his years as a TD, I added up his years as a minister, I added up his years as a Taoiseach. As a TD, he gets almost 47000 a year for the service that he's done. As a minister, he'd be getting about another 14000 a year for the service he's already done. And then for his Taoiseach years, he'd be getting 40000 a year, which means that he'll be getting over 100000 every single year for as long as he lives and a lump sum of €140,000. Do they still so, get expenses on top of that, by the way? Can they still claim mobile phone fees? Of course they, they do. Of course they, in fact, they even get a severance payment of nearly €16,000 just because they stopped being a TD. So just a little handshake? Uh, yeah, it's a very... Like I said, this whole system is very generous. Now, what I do then is I take an identical Enda Kenny clone who was never any of these things. He was just a guy who worked, and he has a pension pot, and he walks into an insurance company and says... I'd like a pension that will give me a hundred and forty thousand euro lump sum, and a hundred thousand a year, and for that identical Enda Kenny, who is the clone, for him to buy that would cost three point two million. So when you hear about this twenty two million uh, uh, mm-hmm. value that they're getting, it doesn't mean there's actually twenty two million in an account somewhere. It means that that's the amount of value they're extracting. That's what it would cost me if I was to go in and yeah, buy that pension. Because these these let's not forget we don't have money for his pension or any of the other TDs. See, Ender will it's argue all well, current expenditure. Stick him with Ender. He will argue. I've been in politics. You know, since well, he was in teaching obviously originally, but his father before him was in politics. Yeah. He's been in politics for most of his his career. Well. You know, and he was passionate about politics. He was always a foot soldier anyway. No one's uh, doubting that. Yeah, so he's worked hard. And he will say, when I gave up being Taoiseach, you know, I still have a responsibility of the fact that people still use my name on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. I still might get the object of abuse on the street, similar to when Bertie O'Hare would be abused in his local pub. So I, I'm still a, a Taoiseach, or certainly an ex-Taoiseach, like a president in America would be an ex-president yeah. for the rest of my life. So I still have to put up with that, that stigma. Look... In Enda Kenny's case, I mean, he left being a teacher, and for a long time he was actually accruing a teacher's pension as well as his TD one, as far as I recall. But I think those rules were changed. Then you've got to say to yourself, okay, so he did all those things. No one's arguing with his public record. But this is serious enrichment. And if you're rich and go into politics, that's not so much an issue for me. I've never really had a problem with rich people in politics. I think they might, you know, might not be able to relate to everyone because of that. But if you get rich from politics, well, then I actually do start to have a problem with that. And I think, that but I, but I, but is that not is that not the game? I mean, when you go out there and you put yourself out there, as some independents will do at the moment, and they may move to a main party, you know, over the next 10, 15 years, whatever it is, depending on how well they do, right? But they get out there, they're walking around the streets, they're putting posters up on poles, they're knocking door to door. When they do get in, they're nailing their own colours to the mast on a regular basis, which could get them in a the spot of bother every now and again. Look, look, so you know, it, it's a job that has a huge amount of responsibility if it's done properly. Even within politics, I saw something that Alan Shatter had said before where he said it's interesting to see how many people group together into various kind of political groupings even though they're really an independent because that way they get an extra 38,000 a year that they wouldn't otherwise qualify for. I'm not saying that the politicians are even overpaid. My main point would be, I suppose if I was to look at this, is one, it's not a good idea to have political pay where they decide all the rules. Maybe we should have it that whatever the average wage is that they get three times that amount. I don't think it's good that they get to accrue their benefits at four times the speed of another public servant in some cases. And I don't think that we need 140 out of them. This country could be very well run with about 50 TDs 
doing the but, job. But it is, and, and by the way, I'm being the devil's advocate, obviously, here for obvious reasons, right? It is one of the only jobs where the general public have a say in whether you have a job tomorrow. I mean, no, it's not. Yeah, well, okay, my no, job. No, is, well, okay, my job can be a bit like that as yeah, well. And, and as anyone else's is. job. If you not if everybody you don't do else's. your job with whatever market you face, but you take Simon Harris, piece. take Simon Harris or Owen Murphy at the moment. They feel they're doing a good job. They're working hard. Unfortunately. The people don't believe it, okay? Look, and the people don't see it. Now, if they be... don't get elected in the next in the next election or they don't get a seat, okay, they're out of a job. Now, in saying that, we decided, not their boss, not a, it would be Leo Varadkar, essentially, not their boss, not the state, that we decided as people that they don't have a job anymore. Yeah, look, everyone faces the truth in different ways. But if you think that the public have nothing to say in your job, I no, no, say, they do. I know. I, I use me as an, an exception yeah, because I'm based be, on ratings. Yes, but, but politicians can be as deluded as they like. They might feel that they're the best politician that was ever born at whatever they're doing, but that's not the metric that judges it. The metric is the public, who can also be wrong. The, the public can be saying, "No, health is a mess." Even if health was doing much better than it used to be, that's not the point that I'm making. What I am saying is that we don't need as many politicians. They don't need to be. So many people accruing all these massive benefits, and we also don't need. So, what's the answer? The, far fewer politicians. I think. Well, I, I, I think Ireland has more councillors and politicians than any other country per head of population. Probably, yeah, we, we should we should call those numbers in half, and and not only should we call them in half. If we want to keep the existing systems, say okay, but maybe draw a line in the sand and say you can't keep having it that every time you get a raise, that the only ones who vote in it is you. You know, we, we should have something that ties it back to real life and that limits their ability to spend public money for themselves. Are they all self-serving? I mean, some Mary Lou gave back her few quid there. I don't know, Rock from Finnegan gave back a few quid last year as well when they got the rise, or I suppose the resettlement in relation to the agreement, the Haddington Road Agreement. So, I mean, they all, some of them are, do you believe some of them deserve it? Is there any of them that you, I, I don't want you to mention names at the moment because we're coming up to an election, but is there any politicians or do you believe they're all self-serving? Listen, what I want to do here when I'm talking about this is separate out what a politician is and what they do and what they get paid and how they're remunerated. Of course, there's great politicians. Now, there's very few who are popular and there's certainly none that are popular with everybody because that's the human condition. Not everybody likes what someone stands for. And, you know, you might like one person on one thing, someone else on another. That's fine. And that's politics. But when we talk about the pay in politics and we talk about the benefits of politics, then we're getting into a separate area. And that's the thing that has no oversight, no public input, and where they're the only ones making up the rules. That's wrong. It's wrong because it's public money. It's wrong to the extent that there's no oversight, no ability to change. And you know what? The politicians never agree on a damn thing. You look at any policy out there, they never agree on it universally except for when it comes to their pay, then it's pretty much universally... That's kind of very logical, isn't it? I mean, they, they're not going to agree on every policy because they come from different backgrounds. But they, they come from a socialist, a capitalist, anti-capitalist. Even, even the people before profit and everyone else, you know, even the people who are like saying, oh, no... Well, I did have this conversation with Sid outside when we were talking about these people who promote socialism. Um, and people before profit, for example, or, or independents that will promote socialism, yet they will be on 80 or 90 grand a year plus expenses. I find that a little bit disingenuous and very hypocritical. And well, and Sid said to me, well, what do you expect them to do? Take a minimum wage? And I said, no, they could take a realistic wage. Well, some do. I think a lot of Sinn Féin uh, TDs actually give back their money. Now, it goes to the party. It's not as if they give it to charity or give it back to the exchequer. 
but they keep themselves on, on pretty much average wage. Now, you read out some of that because it's very small print. There's one big glasses on me. You read out some, okay, what these pensions are actually worth, Carl. So these are, by the way, to mention, these are your figures, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we valued Enda Kenny's pension at just over 3.2 million, Sean Barrett at 2.8 million, uh, Michael Noonan uh, just over 2.7 million, uh, John Deasy just over a million, Dara Murphy almost 700,000, uh, Quivine O'Quailon from Sinn Fein 1.7 million, Jerry Adams 685,000, uh, Martin Ferris 1.5 million. Finian McGrath, one point five million. So you've, you, what you see is that that that's the value out there that other people would have to pay to get that pension. To get that pension. Okay, so we want to be clear: this is not how much money they have in a kitty somewhere no, stashed no, away or in, a, they, in an many, escrow or anything like yeah, that. No, okay. But in many cases, they will get a lump sum of more than one hundred and forty thousand, and in some of those cases, a pension of greater than one hundred thousand every year. And politicians, you know, can live for very long times. You saw that with. Uh, was it T.K. Whitaker? I'm after forgetting the name. The guy who lived to be almost a hundred. Well, I'm, I'm, like his, you his, would know that better than I would. He was he like his pension. I know he did live a long time. His pension, and I'm not saying that that we should have mandatory end of life dates. I'm not. <laughs> that's not the point. You, that need, you need to die I'm before you're that, eighty, yeah. and we're not paying you anymore. <laughs> I'm just saying that these pension liabilities can run and well, run and run. Okay, well, look, this is quite topical at the moment because there is a whole conversation at the moment about pension age. There's also a conversation about people not getting a state pension because, okay. for example, they have a break in service, particularly women, when it comes to PRSI payments. Yeah. Uh, the self-employed, of course, only recently Regina Doherty brought in pensions. There's a lot of lies being told out there too. A lot of dishonesty in the political discourse about pensions because people are saying, oh, no, you have to be able to retire when you're 65. You don't. Like, you don't have to have a mandatory retirement date any more than you have a, a mandatory death date. Like, no one is saying, okay, look, get your pension at 65, but, but shorten your life by a few years. We're actually living longer lives and being healthier throughout those lives. So I think that the idea of raising the pension age, which is one of the few ways to approach fixing this problem, is the most honest way of doing it. But sure, so in France, the they went bonkers because it went from 61 to 63. Yeah, but this or is the thing. You see, people don't have a limit on what they want. No one ever has a cap on what they want. Yeah, but, but should it, sh- yeah, but we have to set an age. Okay, look, cap, I might be good till 70 or 80. They have a cap on what they're willing to give. They have a cap on what they're willing to pay. And those, those riots, by the way, have also happened in Russia, have also happened in Brazil. This whole pension time bomb is a worldwide thing, but no one's complaining but you about have living to, longer. I, yeah, and I understand what you're saying about age and the way we're living longer, and we generally are healthier as we get older compared to people who say 20 or 30 years ago. But in saying that, you still have to set an age where there's an option there for people who don't fit into that average of being healthier at 65. That's what disability is for. Okay, well, what? You, well, what's my what's your disability? I'm old and I'm tired. That's well, not a disability. Well, then you might not be able to work. Maybe you should get the No, job. I mean, some people can't just are not able for work. Maybe I mean, and depend on their line of work. I mean, you take somebody in construction, for example. You're yeah. not going to be carrying bricks around at 65 years of age. Your back is done in by the time you're 50 anyway. To be honest with you, the, the whole myth around the 64-year-old bricky, they don't exist. At that stage, you're a foreman. Or, or you're probably not being on construction. Yeah, but what I'm what all. I'm saying to you is there are many jobs where people do, physical jobs particularly where people just aren't able anymore. I know a guy who's a roofer and he's 62 years of age and he's still climbing up on roofs and it's clearly quite dangerous what he's doing because he's really not able for it. He's it's looking and he's looking forward 31. to 60. It's but dangerous. he's looking forward to 65. <laughs> he is looking forward to it because he wants to give up, but he can't afford it at the moment. So I think I think 65 but did is a he good cut off. For his own savings, I mean, has he done anything within his life? can you you know. Hold on, you, you're, now you're starting to sound like one of the elite. You know, d- demand, elite. demanding that we all kind of put something into a pot. We sometimes don't have it to put into a pot. 
You know, people just don't have the money sometimes. It's all well and good to say, you know, from the age of 25. And I always say to people who are young, do it. He never went on holidays. He never did anything that was discretionary. Like, Niall, the thing is, you're distilling a whole person's life into this, like, everything in the world was was wedged against me. I had no choice. Not saying Look, that, in, not in saying a, that, Carl. Case, you're, now, a, now you're taking me out of context. What no, I'm trying but, to say to you is... you're making out that he never had People an aren't entitled to go on holidays. If they're working and they're paying taxes and they're working hard, they're entitled to a holiday. Fine. Sometimes, okay, they don't put the 30 quid a week away or a month into a pension at the start and maybe increase it throughout their life. Sometimes they just don't do it, Okay. It's the same. But don't, people, don't though, discriminate against them either. It's the, it's the same thing. Like pensions are even more generous than the SSIA, because for every six euro you get, you put in, you get a tenner back, and it grows tax free. Like if you fail to provide for the winter, okay, in your summertime, don't get into the debt of it and start moaning. Like even squirrels have enough common sense to put aside a few nuts for winter. If you can't even match a squirrel, we're not a squirrel. Well, if you're not as intelligent I'm as a squirrel... I'm not a good squirrel. Yeah, if you're <laughs> you not a, as intelligent as a squirrel... Are you a good squirrel? squirrel? Are you a good squirrel? Are you? <laughs> well, well, honestly, Carl, I'm, okay, I'm very well, I mean, Okay, do you have a pension? Of course I do. Okay, well, okay. And, and it's a great sacrifice in order to do it. And I don't get to do things that I would want to do because I pay... Is it a good that. pension? No, but it will be one day. Okay, all right, okay. Well, you're still a young man at the moment, anyway. You know, that's beside the point. Okay, but, okay, and also the idea... I, I've also always been against the idea that we have a non-contributory and a contributory pension for those who just haven't had enough payments in PRSI throughout their lives or had a break in service at some point mm-hmm. where you have non-contributory or those who may have been self-employed although I know that's changed now this idea everybody should be treated equally when they're 65 years of age forget about the past forget about that they might have only worked for 25 years of part-time and someone else uh, maybe they went home and they were stay-at-home mum for 10-15 years and then they go back to work again because they had a break in service they don't get their pension their, their state pension it's only an extra few quid why are we discriminating against people when they're 65 years of age but why do you believe we shouldn't because we shouldn't. They're 65. Well, let's have respect for people who are over 65. And that's the only way to show respect for someone. Wait, well, it's part of it. Well, what's the rest? Why should Mary get, you know, whatever it is, the 220 or I, I can't remember the two figures there for the state of the non-contributing contributing pension. Ashley gave me a second. Ashley, yes, contributing and non-contributing pension. Just give me the two. 222 and I think... One's 180 good. is a 180 something like, something like I know there's a different there's about 30 or 40 quid in the difference why should she be given more just because one woman went back to work straight away after having her kids but the other one stayed at home but well put yourself into the shoes of the person who went back to work and ground out a living and paid taxes into something and contributed financially far more to the to, to the the actual money pot than the person who didn't. Now, I'm not saying that they're not equal. But for a reason. I'm not saying well, that they're Carl, not equal quali- in society. Or no, no, no. Else. Hang on, Carl. We're talking about it, a woman. You're talking about What you're financial- doing is you're putting a little bit of shame, a little bit of shame attached to a woman who wants to stay at home and raise her kids for I'm 10 or 15 not. years. And in fact, you I th- are. I th- no. You're saying she's worth less. Financially, okay. In but terms she's of not. Her taxes paid for her. But she shouldn't be. No. I'm arguing she this, shouldn't be worth less. This is numbers. So we can't debate whether gravity exists or not. We have to accept certain things as fact. What I have said is factually, the person who paid in more via their taxes has paid in more. That's where that argument stops. Now, if you want to say that we need to skew things a little bit, to yes, make, uh, being do. a stay-at-home mother a better choice. And that's just I'm, one example, by I'm the way, totally a stay-at-home mother. I'm totally in favor of that. I totally believe in a parent, if they want to stay at home, should be able to give their tax credits to their spouse. But Charlie McCreevy got rid of that and he chopped it down so you could only give about a third of your tax credits across in order to mobilize women out of homes and into the workforce. It was incredibly effective. I believe in kids being raised by both their parents where possible and the parents having tax 
brakes that they can use in their full however they like. We broke that system. That is wrong. But when you talk about pensions, you're talking about numbers that exist and are factual. See, see, and if but one what, person didn't put it in, they shouldn't get as much you, as the person who did What you're saying is promoting this attitude I've just got in by text here. Niall, wasters that do nothing and never work still get a pension. Why bother working so? Now, that's what you're promoting. That, that's nonsense. That's an absolute... Because you can't let some 65-year-old woman or man or couple living together in their old age enjoying the last few years of their lives. You can't let, leave them without money. Let, let's, take, let's take the worst-case scenario that your texter has spoken about. What was it? Wasters? He says, no, wasters, they do nothing and never work, but they still get a pension. Why bother working or why working? Okay, so why would you have a system that gives you equal reward for nothing as it does for contribution? Because you have to treat people equally when they get to a certain point. I understand, you know, and I talk I, about I, I social think, welfare all the I time, by the way. No, I two and, different things. Uh, by the way, talk. Uh, people will tell you, my listeners tell you, I'm a bit obsessed with people and wasters in this country who won't get above their arse, particularly young people where there's loads of jobs out there. And we're handing them the same now. Okay, but no. When they because get to, of an arbitrary line no, in the sand when no, they're no, because, because we No, because we, at a point where people can't work anymore, maybe are unable to work anymore uh, because they're just too old, they're not disabled, if you they're just old. If you're unable, Let's treat them the same. If you can't and you're unable, maybe we should have something there to deal with that. But are you la- You must be joking me. Look at the amount of people out there who are 70 and, and running marathons and doing amazing things. It's not like you reach 65 and on your 64th birthday and day 364, it's like, I'm fine. Everything is okay. Oh, my birthday passed. I'm now decrepit. It's not. I, I'm not should, saying that. Retirement should hang be on. 70. People can be decrepit before 65. Exactly. And they're and hanging we have out. A, we no, have a way to deal with that. No, but hang on. They're decrepit before... Well, they just the, have to wait until no, 70. Decrepit is not a disability, right? Uh, when you're Age talking about the word. Okay, so people... Their health, you know, sometimes can, uh, you know, dissipate as they get older before they're even 65. As I mentioned to some of the other guy I know is a roofer, right? So he's waiting for the pension. He can't wait till he can give up that job because he can live on the 220 or whatever it is he gets as his pension. He'd be happy to do okay. that, okay? So he obviously paid down his house, you know, has a very valuable asset, has done a lot of good things. Good for him and I'm happy for him. But what I'm saying is this. Pension should be when you're probably going to die and about 10 years before that. At the moment, life expectancy is just above your age 81 for a woman, so retirement age should be about 70. And if you can't work, or you're not able, or your job is too physically demanding, we should probably have something there to help people in that situation. Okay, so he says, I'm going to read one or two of the text here. Scumbags that spend their lives in prison are on the dole get 10 euro less, Niall, than someone who's worked for 50 years, says Damo. Another person says, why should some, I'm not reading that out, woman, okay, he didn't use the word woman, uh, that had six kids to live, uh, live off, get a pension the same as someone working for 50 hours. Uh, I understand the point you're making. And the person says, good man, Niall. At last I agree with you on something. Uh, suck it to him, Joe and Galway. That guy has to get wise someday. And I, I, somebody else having a go at you here say, Niall, please take that absolute spoofer off the radio. How dare he tell us to save for a pension? I can't afford a night out. Never mind a pension. And I'm working 60 hours. Uh, you, I don't know what you're doing 60 hours of then if you can't. <laughs> I think you might not have time for a night out because even if you're on minimum wage, you should be able to get out for at least one drink. By the way, you mentioned Joe and Galway. I have to say hello to a Joe and Galway. Okay. I want to say hello to Joe Fury and Kong and Galway. Uh, I was talking to him last week and he said he's actually your biggest fan. Is he? 
I'm no, I'm my no, biggest no, fan. He no, couldn't well, no. be. Well, <laughs> no, saw him. He's also about six foot five, so maybe he meant the biggest, as in physically <laughs> impressive. <laughs> good, to good. Fan. Thanks, Joe, for listening. We appreciate you. Now we will get back to the minister's pensions after the break as well. Uh, keep texting, keep WhatsApping. I'll tell you what, we'll do another ten or fifteen minutes on this. I want to get your calls. Well, there's a lot of questions I could ask in relation to a. Do you believe the ministers deserve these pensions? By the way, can I just say in relation to the ministers' pensions, I completely agree with Carl. Uh, I'm a radio broadcaster. I'm obliged by the broadcasting authority to give you the opposing argument that people would give. I don't for one minute believe that they deserve that type of pension. I don't for one minute believe the argument that it's a responsible job and that's why they get that kind of money and that's the job you go into. So just letting you know that in case the listener's thinking I'm reneging on them or something. It's just Karen is taking that view here today. All right. So if you want to give us a quick call, you can. The number is 087 the broadcasting authority. Listen, I do apologise. Kieran, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Kieran? Niall, how are you? Carl, how are you doing? Hiya. Um, I was just, yeah, I just sent in a text because um, I know the public sector pension scheme quite well. And um, obviously people have been talking a lot in the, in, on the radio and stuff about pensions. And people, especially I think Carl's points were, were based on, on um, pensions for civil servants that joined the public sector before 1995. There's, there's been three new pension schemes that have come in since, one, one, in, one in 2004, uh, then one in 2013. The new scheme, just to, to make you aware, is not based on final salary. It's called a career average pension scheme. And this is for every civil and public servant and politicians. And their pension is actually linked to the contributing state pension, which for most people will be paid at 68. And how it's going to be calculated is, the employer will look back at what the average earnings were over the 30 or 40 year career and base the pension on that. So the point I really wanted to make is that there actually is provisions now. They have changed the old model, brought in two or three newer models, and, and the current one, the career average one, it, it's chalk and cheese versus, say, something Enda Kenny will be on or, or a pension that somebody came in, in on in the public sector pre-95. That's still, I would mind you, that doesn't help people listening to our show today who are not in the public sector. But however, yeah, he makes a very good point, Carl. Um, you know, I mean, is that, so in other words, what you're telling us is, is inaccurate. Is which? The, the figures that you've given us, based, well, on, no, what, based it, on what Kieran is saying. If your service started before 2013, you're on whatever you started. Like, so it's not like Enda Kenny now gets a career average pension. That isn't the case. No, but that's my point. My, my point is that for new entrants going forward, so... So, so in other words, you're saying it's changed. changed. And not only that, I, I don't think... That's the I don't main think point. That, I'll double check on the politicians. Changed. I thought it didn't cover them. I thought that the 2013 deal it, it, it was for it civil and public servants. Well, they are public does. servants. They are they are yeah. exactly the same as everybody else but in the they, public sector. But what I'm saying is that they're not accruing at, at 180th. They're still accruing at I, Well, I, I don't think Kieran is having a go at you, so to speak. Oh, no, but, but no, numerically, this is important to me. But what, so but what, he, is, no, what he's saying is going forward, you're saying this has to stop, obviously. Um, and I think everybody probably agrees. But he's, Kieran is saying going forward. Now, I wouldn't have been aware as Kieran would because obviously he's quite familiar with the public sector uh, pension schemes. And um, that going forward, this is going to stop. That it's not. But now, don't get me wrong. Of course, they'll still earn more money than everybody else, and they'll still get bigger pensions but anyway. But again, you have to think about TDs. They're all paid the same amount, so it's not like the scale. It's not like other public servants, and they accrue at twice the rate of other public servants. So it will functionally make very little difference to them. Kieran, can I ask you? I mean, I don't think anybody agrees that they deserve these massive pensions and the massive payments that they get because it would, you know, most people. That's just the way Irish people feel generally. But, I mean, is there an argument that that's the job, you get well paid in it, you've got a good pension because you're public sector, and that people just need to get over it? Like, like them or loathe them, um, and I'm more, I'm more the latter, but Enda Kenny dedicated 42 years of his life uh, to the country. Uh, okay, his pension is quite high, uh, admittedly, but anybody, anybody, be it a guard or a teacher, or anybody that, 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 that's willing to put 40-plus years 
uh, of their of their life of their career uh, for the better of our country. Whether you agree or don't agree, you know they'll reap the benefits. There, there, there's an argument to say that you know you you put, you put in the shift. I will make one other point. I don't want to get too complicated or, or technical, but if a capital value of a pension exceeds two million, you have to pay about eighty percent tax on the surplus. So if Enda Kenny's was three point four million. You'd have to pay eighty percent tax that's, on the one point four yeah, million. That, that's that's, that's a good important point, to note as well, and accurate. that's why I text in about the inaccuracy. Okay, right? well, okay, well, hang on, that card just was that you said you said it's a good point, but it's not accurate. In 2014, they had a rule where they were looking at, pe- at valuing pensions, and they used a multiplier of 20, and then everyone who was on the old system was able to retire, but then they changed it to 30 right after it, so that the 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 the, the, the grossing up of it. We're getting into technical pension talk. That he's Kieran is correct. You can only have a maximum allocation limit. But they changed the rules for people so that the politicians wouldn't be affected by it, and then had it that after that going forward, it would be different. So, mm-hmm. I that's that's not a fair, uh, not a fair contribution. All right, well, Kieran, I think you made some good points there, and thanks very much indeed. I appreciate it. All right, all right, uh, Geraldine, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Geraldine? You're a bit annoyed with Carl today. Go ahead, Geraldine. Yeah, um, I just wanted to make the point um, when he was saying about parents choosing to stay at home and mind their kids. Um, just my own personal circumstances. I worked all my life, um, bought a house in the boom, um, and then found out that our second child was profoundly autistic. I mean, he couldn't point, he couldn't nod for yes or no. Um, No, he's come a long way, but he will need a carer for the rest of his life. I mean, when we go on holidays, and I'm with my husband, there's no, God, I can't wait till they're on their 20s and we can go on our own. I will have my son for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, no, we've, we've went through some tough times and come out the other side. And my husband, you know, thankfully he's on a good wage. Um, but it's means-tested carers, so I don't get it. Okay, so you don't uh, get a carer's allowance? No, I don't get a carer's allowance. How it works is if you are earning 600, if my spouse is earning 665 euros gross, then they take uh, euro for euro or something I like think, that. I think, I personally believe that's discriminatory as well because I can tell you why. If you didn't have a ring in your finger and a piece of paper to say you were married, you'd get it. I would be actually better off. Yeah, which I, which um, I think discriminates against people who actually go to the trouble of getting married. Because I, like we, they don't take our mortgage into consideration. They don't take, you know, your run, two cars have to be on the road because I, I have three different school drop-offs, etc. But, there is people out there getting carers, and their their kids are autistic. Of course, but my there is, yeah. kid is. And do you not even get a dam- do you not even get a domiciliary carers allowance? No, I because do. that's, that's not, not that's that, not means tested. That's not means tested. Okay, no, so I how much? And how much is that? Three sixteen a month. Uh, three hundred and nine euros a month. Oh, three hundred nine. Okay, and then you get yeah. the you get the one off payment during the summer of fifteen hundred. Is it? Um, seventeen, and that's, is that not going yeah. down in the last budget of fifteen? Did that not go down or? No, I thought, um, okay. okay, maybe maybe I'm wrong. I think, I, th- I think it went back up to, to, to 15 or 16, whatever it, yeah, okay, it was. Okay, but and, and that's my, the, the idea of that is to get a bit of uh, respite so as you, you know you can get away on a holiday or whatever, bring him away on a holiday or something. And that's exactly what it is used for. But okay. my point being is he is per- profoundly intellectually dis- you know, disabled. So, yeah, so there's no option for you to go back no, to work. No, no. Unless you put your child into full-time care, which is not going to be exactly. Yeah. And we're actually sitting down having this conversation at the moment because I, I was saying to my husband, unless I go out to work, I'm 40 now, between here and retirement age, 
I will not get a pension because I rang up well, you, when I was inquiring. You may no. not even get it even if you went back to work before your retirement age, depending on how long you worked for, because it's based uh, on the number of payments. Now, unless you're in the yep. public sector, of course, it's based on your career average, as somebody mentioned earlier on. So you may not even get it then. And this is the big problem. Carl, just address the problem. Uh, I mean, this is exactly what I was talking about a few minutes ago when okay. you started judging people who stayed at home with their kids. You know, I, I know financially she hasn't paid into the pot as much as somebody, as another yeah. woman who's been working. But you're discriminating yeah. her against her at 65 years of age by not giving her the and same amount of money. If you don't mind me cutting across you, I'm very sorry. But what really, really annoys me is if I decided once my son turns 18, you know, I'm going to go back to work. I'm going to um, hand over rights and put him into um, care. It would cost the state a hell of a lot more. And my son would... 100% qualify for residential care. No, that will never happen. Okay. But I just feel that so I... So you're saving the state money. Yes, you are. I, yeah, I am. Okay. And I, I, will okay. Not get, I will not get a pension because of my, my husband. I will not get a contributory pension because I haven't enough put in and I won't get one means tested because of my husband. So... Carol, okay, address that before I go into the break there. Okay, so first of all, I'd start by saying I did already say that I really agree with two parents raising raising children. That, that it's done, mm. shown statistically to have better outcomes. Mm. And it's very clear that Geraldine loves her son. Mm. And, and I'm sorry that you have these, uh, you know, that, that you have such a hard, uh, hard uh, you know, mission in life to carry out that other people don't have. But what I would also say is that what I, what I talked about before was that if both people had their full tax credits that could be used however they want, then that would make the whole system fairer. Fianna Fáil took that away. A hundred percent, because um, he goes into the higher tax bracket. So he, yeah, he goes in at about yeah, 40. Okay. So, so the know, only thing he'll get is, um, I, I, I don't know, as a self-employed person, I know what I used to get, which was 800 euro for a stay-at-home spouse, okay? Yeah. Uh, I mean, so he's not he's not getting the full tax credits. That he's he not getting the full tax no. credits at the 20% no. rate, yeah. which I think was always a bit unfair, because you only end up getting about a third of what those tax credits would be when one person stays at home. Now, that's a very different argument. But the other thing is, if you are married and your husband is making the PRSI contributions on joint assessment, then there will be a pension there for you. And, you know, throughout... No, no, your, your no, but no, do you know what we're actually talking about, Carl? Your, your comment earlier on, very quickly, before I have to go into a but your comment earlier on was, it comes down to figures now. And you're, and you're saying to me, because Geraldine, and no disrespect to Geraldine, is no, not paying no. into a pension at the moment because she's not working and not paying PRSI. Her husband is or paying, she's not paying PRSI joint, in the state. Joint, okay, yeah, joint but, assessment PRSI. Yeah, so but, I think that does... Qual- I'll double well, check well, that. she's already checked it and obviously it doesn't. But look, leave Geraldine even aside. There's many people like Geraldine who may not be in a situation she's in where she has to stay at home, right? who want to stay at home with their children, and they're being discriminated against. Carl, I have to go to break. Can you answer it after break. Geraldine, okay. say me if you can, will you? All right, keep texting, keep WhatsApping, 87 Right, let me get back to, uh, I need to get to Peter and I need to get to uh, Claire as well. But let me just get back to Geraldine's question. And <laughs> Geraldine is still there. Uh, you did a bit of Googling there during the break, uh, Carl yeah. Dieter. Yeah, and just to bear in mind, I was always talking about retirement age being 65 and saying I believe it should be 70. But in Geraldine's case, uh, it says if you're married but don't qualify for a pension in your own right, which means that you worked for about 10 years prior to, to, to season work, you'd have 520 uh, stamps on your book, you can get what's known as a qualified adult pension. Now, that is means tested, but if we're assuming that you have no means at retirement, well then... Well, what happens if your husband a has a private... I don't know, I don't know, I don't, it's Geraldine's personal business, but maybe your husband has, has a private pension. 
So why are we treating her differently as a human being? She should be entitled to a state pension like because every other the, person. The, the state pension is, is a financial calculation. And whether he has a private pension, state pension or otherwise, it's based on the, the number of, of stamps that you've paid. And if you haven't, then it's not there. Geraldine, were you working for long before you ended up being a homemaker? Um, I was, but um, when I rang initially, when I found out that I had to give up, um, like he's, he's nearly 15 now, um, I was told that I didn't have back then enough contributions to qualify. And the point that I think I'm trying to make as well is I understand that I need to be contributing to get a pension. But my point is, is I am actually saving the government money because he, he's he, there's all levels of autism and he would be fairly profound. Yeah, in other words, you are contributing. It may not be financially, but it you would, are contributing. It would, it would cost the state probably, mm. uh, I mean, how much is it to put someone into a care home? I can only imagine, yeah. euros a week. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you, you will add that up over the next 30, 40 years. It's far more than I would be getting in a state pension. All right, well, well, a well-made point. And sorry, I have two more callers to get to. Well-made point, Claire. And I go, or Geraldine, and I completely agree with you. I know Carl doesn't. Let me go to Peter. Peter, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Peter? Sorry, no, Peter. No, you you no, agree no, with no, Carl? Some of us, some of us, yeah. Yeah, no, I would, yeah. I mean, uh, to a certain degree, now, um, obviously, now, if you, if you have kids, that should be allowed um, to be taken out of it. So that's uh, 18 years, or I said, your last caller needs to be longer. But if she's married, it should count. Yeah. That if he's working, then that's okay. Well, what part of what, what part of what Carl said do you agree that with? If people are on the dole all their life, why should they get a raise when they retire? Well, the, the, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I have as much disdain for somebody who sits on his hole for his whole life and doesn't contribute a penny into the pot. So, but so I, but I do believe. Yeah, I do believe when somebody reaches the age of 65, no matter who they are, I think you have to give everybody the same amount of money. No, I t- uh, no, definitely, definitely well, not. Unless they have well, a private pension, no, of course, that's their own business. Yeah, but then, then they wouldn't be on the dole all the No, way. well, of course well, not, yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't be at the fort. Well, well, imagine if you're putting 20 quid away out of your dole every week into a private pension, <laughs> yeah. that'd be nice. But no, yeah. I mean, no, if somebody's but, worked but, hard and he has a private pension, it shouldn't. I still believe that they, they should get the state pension as well, along with it. That's his little bonus for working hard. But I do yeah, believe that amount of money shouldn't be separated into two people like CU, you you didn't contribute enough or you just didn't happen to have enough stamps or you're only so, working so, part-time. And, and I know you don't like scumbags the same as I would, but if somebody's on the, on the dole all their life, they're not the dole, so if it's uh, disabilities or something, that doesn't count for the other stuff. But if you're yeah. actually on the dole all your life and then you get like 200 quid and then you retire and you get the contribution pension, which is 250, you get a raise. Yeah. So you get a, so you get a raise. Why, that, that doesn't make sense. Why don't you just leave them on the 200 quid, if that's the case? So they're getting a non-contribution and leave them at 200 quid. They've survived for the last X amount of time on the doll, well, then you can survive for the next amount of time on the doll as well. Okay, thanks for that, Peter. I've got to go to Claire very quickly as well. Claire, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Claire? Hi, Niall. How are you doing? Good, Claire. I've got about two minutes, Claire. So, okay, I'm really sorry. I'm pushed for time today and I apologise for rushing right. everybody. I'll, I'll, I'll be very quick. Basically, I'm, I just wanted to get the point across. Um, my four, both of our parents, my husband's and mine, uh, both ended up with Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, all four parents. And I also had a son who was born with special needs. So I was forced to go job sharing in order to be able to look, at, look after them part time. I was working full time from the age of 17 until I had my son in 2009. And then I had to go part time. Now, this also meant my pension has now been halved. So I am now worried sick that you know, I'm not going to be able to go back full-time anytime soon. I have an appointment for occupational therapy, for physiotherapy, for eye doctor, you know, just constant. So I'm still working. I, I work half my time when I can, mm-hmm. but I've been forced to take 
the other time off to look after everyone else. And I'm just wondering how will that affect me now? I'm 50 now in another few years when I'm, I'm desperate to retire. Am I going to have to just keep working and working because I only have half my pension? It's a fair point, Carl. I mean, I mean, I know you're going to say these are all anecdotal stories or red herring stories, and, and you know, and they are all true stories. Yeah. And this is what everybody's talking about at the moment: well, why people's pensions are being affected and why there's this double standard. If you're age fifty now, you had a child in two thousand and nine. Your child, say, about eleven years old. If that's when you stopped yeah. working, you would have been about thirty nine. If you were working from age that's seventeen, correct, yeah. it means you had yeah. twenty two years in the workforce. So you probably have. I'm guessing from your accent, did you live in the UK? I did until okay. I was twelve. I'm here since. Okay, well, yeah, but, but well, I, I, I wear no listening you, yesterday you, to the radio. You, no, I, got, I think you're wrong. Enough Carl. stamps in the. Uh, but if there's a break in service, doesn't it affect? It doesn't matter whether you've got enough it, stamps it's, initially. It's a total lifetime stamps, as far as I recall. But I would also say what we're talking about kind of strays into the area of of gender equality and equality between people in relationships and how they're viewed in taxation. That's why I get back to that idea of saying if we instead. But I mean, but it, it doesn't matter whether it doesn't matter whether it's Claire or Tommy. It's well, irrelevant. I, I, if Tommy stayed at home, it doesn't matter. That's what I'm trying to yeah. say. I don't really care who stays but at home. The, but, but all but I'm saying should, to you is this idea of a state household a, is not one person of a contributing and non-contributing yeah. pension. You know, the difference yes, is quite but my, small. My point is, my point is, I was forced to have to take this time off in order to look after these people. I didn't ask for my parents to get Parkinson's. I didn't no. ask for my husband to get Alzheimer's. I was forced to have to take the time off to do this, whether it was me or my husband. Mm-hmm. So my pension has now been affected deeply because I haven't worked full-time for the last few years. Okay, very quickly, Carl, 30 I, seconds. I think if you've got 22 years of, of work behind you that you actually... I don't know. I'll have to look into okay. it. Okay, okay, but, but I, I think Geraldine should probably get some advice the, in relation to that as well. But I should say, Claire. But in saying that, you know, if if what she's saying is true, I think it's grossly unfair. Carol, I've run out of time. Okay. Thank you very much indeed for coming in. Thank you, by the way, for highlighting the papers today. I think we all agree, which that was why we didn't spend too much time talking about it, that the politicians don't deserve that much money uh, as a pension. They don't deserve to have that little pot sitting waiting, the little golden hell shake, the nest egg, whatever you want to call it, because I don't believe they work hard enough for it. Some of them might. <laughs> Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits.